You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Hello, everyone. You may have noticed that I have changed the set because we are lucky enough to have the great director, um, mixologist, dancer, uh, music savant, Paul Feig with us today. And uh, we are going to make a drink to start this out because it's a new year. And while things have been a little gloomy at times, uh, we're going to we're going to lift them up here. Thank you. There's my shot. And as you can see, I've assembled the bar out of a record crate. I am tethered. Uh, Paul, uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, uh, dry January. What's that? I agree with you. I've never heard of that. And I am never going to even attempt that. Uh, the, the message here is um, and I think you say it so beautifully in this fine hardcover book, Cocktail what? Time. What? <laughs> How did you get those? Um, is that it's important to note we we drink in moderation. We like nah. four ounce martinis, not ten ounce martinis. We mm. do this because we believe that dressing well, feeling well, listening to good music is part of of of, of the better part of life. Correct. Amen to that. Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, look, you can you can drink out of a red solo cup if you want, but why would you? You know, it's all about the pageantry and the fun of beautiful glassware and beautiful bottles, the experience, you know, the the booze is just sort of the um the you know the 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 icing on the cake, if you will. There you go. And I brought a glass that I love. It's got a seal on it. Oh uh, nice. Maybe you can see that. Yeah. And it's iced up and it's pretty, you know, can you yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, it's got, got a bit of a circus theme going there. Yeah, it does. My, my lighting is it's I'm not a director. You know? so, <laughs> thank, thank um, you. You're, usually my lighting's the worst. So actually, I'm glad that you have outdone me on, on, on the poor lighting. I have. This is a little this is a little Vincent Price meets uh, <laughs> Swinger. Um, is this hey, a hostage video? Are you are you OK, Jeff? I am OK. There's art behind me, for God's <laughs> sakes. Tug your ear if oh. you're in danger. Thank you. Um, what I'd like to do is um, I, I'd like to make a drink to start out. Uh, I, I was thinking the appropriate drink here is the squeaky door, uh, yes. because um, this, to me, is very well connected to why this exists, which is, as we all saw during the uh, uh, during this pandemic, I don't know if you remember that, uh, <laughs> you brought us great joy doing these uh, quarantine hour shows. And um, and the squeaky door. Tell us about that, because I know that it's very much it's a drink you invented and it's very much yep. connected to this. Yeah. Well, when we were doing our show, I, I do it. My bar is out in our guest house back in L.A. I'm in New York right now, so I'm, I'm, I'm not in my normal bar. But um, and my wife, Lori, uh, otherwise known as Tipsy Fant, because I'm drunk Funkle, so she's the Tipsy Fun Aunt. Um, she would come in at the end of the show to test whatever drink we were having. And. Our door is super squeaky. It has I, it hasn't been oiled or anything, so it just makes this giant when it, when it opens up, and so everybody got to know that that was her coming in, and so people started saying, "Well, you should have had a, a drink called the Squeaky Door," and uh, that's what I did. So this this is the fruits of that uh, that labor. Now, what I love about this book, beyond everything, uh, because <laughs> what you do is you it, it, there's there's memoir in it. We learn things yeah. about you I had no idea. Uh, and uh, uh, sometimes slightly dark things, I'm gonna, you know, to be honest, but we also yeah. learn about this life philosophy that you grew into, which I love. Um, every drink has a song connected to it. I have acquired this tape, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this, this drink, uh, I've got my boom box oh, nice. from when I was uh, 
1983, and I'm going to just start it and then I'll turn it off because we don't want to uh, we don't want to burn too much time. Okay. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Is that how you used to carry it around, Jeff? When you would uh, I did, yeah. Oh, good, excellent. All right. Whoa. Fast forward. Thank you. I'm not a good dancer, but you know what? I'm sure I could be a good dancer. So, all right, let's do this drink. So, first of all, I have everything here. I even spent $69, I'm not lying, to acquire a bottle of your very own gin, which is not available in the area I live in, but is available in many areas. Um, what I enjoyed about reading about gin is I know nothing about liquor, alcohol, hard liquor, uh, nothing. And what yeah. you explained very briefly is why gins, uh, uh, why there are variations in gin, which is tell us in 22 seconds. Uh, yeah, gin is basically at its core flavored vodka. And what you do is you have your still of ethanol and you have this thing called the basket. And into the basket go various botanicals like uh, citrus peels and uh, um, you know everything, cassia root, anything, black pepper, whatever you want. So that's why every gin has a different flavor, flavor profile because you can put whatever you want into the basket. Uh, mine is definitely kind of citrus, floral, Front note with a uh, peppery black pepper uh, back back bite, if you will. Back bite. Is that what they say? Sure. Why not? I think that's what the Beatles liked. Uh, the back bite. <laughs> All right. So yeah, let's <laughs> let, let's do this. I have I have the ice. I have this thing. So I think what I'm doing here and do you want to lead me through this? Yeah, I certainly will. So here we go. So there, this actually there's a lot of ingredients in this drink. Uh, it's one of my more, uh, you know, not comp it's not complicated. It's just a lot of stuff in it. So the first thing you're going to use is crack open that ultra expensive bottle of gin you got there and uh, one and a half ounces. It's not normally that expensive. If you find it in a store, it's it's about thirty nine dollars. So uh, Jeff just had to be. Uh, be a well, I'll, I'll tell you, the 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 uh, the purchase price, I think, on the website was thirty nine, forty dollars, something go. like that. The mailing Perfect. cost was about twenty six. Oh, excellent. Okay, into your shaker. Here goes yeah. your gin. Now, here's your first kind of cocktail making tip. Don't put the ice into the shaker if possible first, because it, it can melt and it can water it down. You're okay. You're okay, because it's an early, early afternoon drink. So okay, all right. I'm not going to judge you too harshly. All right. I already Next. screwed up, huh? All right. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm the expert here now. It's funny, I'm the expert. I didn't know anything about cocktails a year ago. So here we go. So now we're going to put in a half an ounce of a cherry hearing, which is a cherry liqueur. Uh, you can use whatever cherry uh, liqueur you have. Luxardo makes a lovely one. So here, you're just going to put a half an ounce of that in. There we go. Into said shaker. How important is it to be exact with your measurements? Um, I, I, I think it's important, you know, I mean, you don't have to be like, to, like studying it, like the, you know, something hyper, like under a, a microscope, but get in there. If you overdo it, it can get too sweet. It can get too alcoholic. Trust us, trust our, our recipes. That's what I say. Okay. All right. Next. Next, uh, you got orange curacao. And you can use you could use Grand Marnier. You could use, um, Cointreau I got this if you one. Want. It has a skull. This one has a skull on it. <laughs> wow, where did you get deadly curacao? Uh, Jeff, exactly. Jeff is uh, a rebel. 
You notice, I mean, the CNN people, I don't want to mock them or anything, but, you know, they made that big deal about the fact they couldn't do any, have anything like this. I mean, we didn't even, we didn't even hear from our boss. He's on a spaceship somewhere, you know? Excellent. That's right. Well, I'm glad glad we can booze it up on the on the Washington Post dime. All right, here we go. The next thing we want is my favorite. uh, Next to my my gin bottle, this is my favorite bottle in all of uh, um, liquordom. It's a a beautiful Saint Germain, which is an elderflower liqueur. I just mine is so lame compared to yours. See mine? I was excited about it, but it's really not even remotely as cool. Yeah, but that, that, it's it's cool though. You know, it's it's you're branching out though. I like that you're not just going for the for the main you know sort of brand because everybody knows Saint Germain, but you gotta. I chose the most. I chose by. easily the most expensive drink for me to to build in my in my makeshift bar. Jeff, all I'm going to tell you is because you want to make this drink. I've been walking around Manhattan for two days trying to gather all these, all these <laughs> ingredients up. So and I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> But now here's, but here's the one thing I wasn't able to get was I couldn't find cherry bitters, which you're supposed to use cherry bitters, which you have from Fee Brothers, I'm betting. Um, I don't have it. So I'm going to do a variation on the drink that I invented and use orange bitters. All right. Oh my gosh. All right. So, so we'll see how this goes. This could be a disaster. what, what, What do we do? How do we do that? Two dashes. So one and two, and I always put a little extra in. But yeah, two you dashes, know, okay. Yeah, you don't want too much because then it will get too bitter. A- AKA, yep. that's why it's called that. Um, okay, now here, now, now this is gonna become labor intensive. All right, you got to put in a half a lemon, lemon's worth of um, juice, lemon juice. Got this thing oh, right here. Yeah. Already? Oh, nice. And I cut, I'm I gonna, cut the lemon in half. I, I've seen those tricks on those shot, those shows in the morning, and uh, so I thought it would save a little time. You know. Oh, there. See, well. I didn't, so now you're gonna watch me squeeze it. Oh, there we go. Let me look at you. Ready? All right. Yeah. Here we go. There it goes. Oh, lemon. All right. Ah, see, it's labor intensive. You got a good workout making this drink. All right. So now we got it's all in there. Um, I'm just gonna now. I'm gonna put some ice in my shaker. Look at, look at, see how classy I am, Jeff. Look at. Oh my gosh. I wish I had one of those. I know. I'm telling you. Everybody's jealous of my top hat ice bucket. All right, there we go. Paul, your your parents. I mean, it's a you you your parents did not drink a drop of alcohol in their lifetimes, right? No, they were Christian scientists, so it was very yeah. forbidden. So so here I am making making cocktails on national <laughs> internet. So I'm sure they they you know huh? they could see you now, right? There All you right? go. Now here's the, your the, the shake. Yeah. The shake's important, right? The shake matters. Shake is important. Now, here's the thing. A lot of bartenders you will see will go and they'll like shake it like they're trying to kill something. That's fine if you're trying to froth it up or make like a Ramos fizz or something where you're trying to, you know, create a frothy thing. But for in general, it's a, it's a gentle rolling is all you need to do. As my friend Alessandro Palazzi. The, movie, the, the film Cocktail yeah. with Tom Cruise. Uh, and a man dies and the Beach Boys recorded that terrible <laughs> song. But what... um. Uh, is the is, is that legitimate a legitimate way the showmanship or no? Well, yeah, I mean it, you can make it fun that way. I'm, it's it's not the best for the drink because especially if you're getting a martini, I have a personal hatred of when they just shake the hell out of a martini because then it's all cloudy and it's filled with ice chips and all that. So uh, a gentle rolling is all you need. There we go. All right. Now it's open. Now we're going to strain this into our 
glass. Oh wait, actually, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fill my glass with ice. Oh, I should have done this. On the, sorry, Jeff, I'm ruining the show. Time is, you know, the Republicans are voting in the House right now, and you're wasting our time with this ice. For I, <laughs> I just saw McCarthy. You didn't get in, um, but yeah. I won't talk politics here. Yeah. Let's just enjoy this drink. Are you ready? Here we go. Now we're gonna pour this into our glass. Now you'll notice it won't fill your glass all the way up. And that's a good Whoa, thing. You're right. That's because good, though, right? now, no, because you want the final uh, thing to be, you're gonna top it off with some club soda. I'm using Perrier because I'm fancy. Uh, here we go. Now we're gonna take that. We're gonna just give a little, little bit of fuzz on top of there. A little fuzz? No, not fuzz. Bubbles. There we go. Now just give it a little stir to get it all done. Are we finished yet? We're not finished yet, Jeff. Two things we're going to do. Now we're going to get our uh, cocktail cherries. What do you got? You got Luxardos? Oh, you got got nice ones. These are good, right? These are not full of chemicals. Right. I hope not. If they're they're pink, then they are. But if they're red, then they're they're good. Oh, you're okay. All right. So now we're going to take this. And we're going to, where is it? Oh, here we go. Look, cocktail pick. Hold on. Classy. Oh, I should have had that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it's going to, oh boy. <laughs> this is, this is the hard, this is the hardest part is spearing a cocktail cherry without, oh God, wait, I have to, I have to use my hands for this. Here, here we go. Oh, it looks like a massacre now. Oh my God. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I, Jeff, I'm literally, I'm making all this over the sink. I'm literally making drinks over the sink. (laughs) The way I used to eat in college. All right, here we go. So, okay, now you got your cocktail cherry on there. Hold on, final step, lemon twist. Yeah, this thing, I I practiced it right before you got on. I'm a little nervous because if it's too thick, oops, I just ruined it. If it's too thick, it, it breaks, right? Yeah. Well, the good thing is we're not we're not going to do it. We're not going to actually do a twist. We're not going to express the twist over the top. This is merely kind of a a decoration, is this a okay? garnish. Does this, this look all right to you? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right. Okay. I don't have that stick, so I mean, for me, this is you just drop it in like a, like a, like a porpoise at SeaWorld. Okay. There we go. Yeah. It's all, all right. garnished, and now there we go. Don't want the stick. Maybe I'll do that later. Okay. Check that out. Exactly. Cheers. Cheers Happy friend. 2023, Cheers my friend. Yeah. You too. You too. We made it. We made it to 23. And that's it's good. Nice. You know what? It, it's interesting. It's not as sweet as I was expecting it to be. Exactly. Well, that that's that's the great thing about um, like lemon juice and citrus in general in cocktails is it cuts the sweetness. So you because there are a lot of sweet kind of sweeter liqueurs in here, but that lemon juice just cuts it down, and then the the um, the club soda then evens out a little bit more even. So uh, so it's a very friendly friendly drink. Yeah, because I, I don't like really sweet drinks, but a lot of people do. I mean, honestly, sweet drinks are very, very popular in general uh, in the U.S. Yeah. There you go. Um, so I want to, um, so now that we have our drink, we really have mm. to get down to it here because we don't have much mm. time. I would like to do this for hours, but we can't. Um, you can't. So a couple things I want to say. First of all, uh, your films are phenomenal. I know they had the very serious opening and they said that, but you know, uh, most, many people will say bridesmaids. Um, I know that we had the heat on not long ago 
And I was oh. upstairs and I heard my son who's 12 and my wife just cackling as they, <laughs> they watched that. And my personal favorite is uh, A Simple Favor. And the hey. news here is that I have it on very good authority, which is uh, other people wrote it already, that <laughs> um, you will be making a sequel to this film. Am I correct? That is looking looking to be the case. Yes, you know, and until we're actually rolling, it, it's never for sure. But yeah, we're looking uh, pretty pretty solid that we're going to be making it. Uh, hopefully, this fall we'll be shooting it this fall. So um, yeah, there you go. More sure adventures of our many my two. Uh, probably two said this. I'm curious. Uh, is um, I think of Knives Out, right? And mm -hmm. I would like to see a hundred of those, and I would like to see a hundred. A simple favors is is there any way to actually make you know this could be a series yeah actually it could because what we're doing I, I i'm not going to tell you any of the details but but i do feel like by the end of this one actually uh my, my two heroes kind of uh find a, a way to keep this going in a way that i think would be really fun and could actually go on and on so that's the hope you know who knows so you'll tell, can you tell us the ending of the second film right now? Yes. So here's what happens. Wait a minute. Oh, if only uh, I wasn't uh, drinking. Oh, he got me off, off guard. Mm. Paul, um, uh, you know, the other thing that I think is, is interesting, there's this little anecdote inside the book where you talk about when you were trying to be a rebellious, obnoxious man, and you went into a really nice restaurant back in the 90s, 80s? Right? Nine, yeah, uh, actually, late 80s, yeah. So late 80s. Um, and you went in there to just prove a point, and you went in with your uh, uh, baggy shorts, and you look like one of the detectives undercover in like Law and Order, right? Uh, <laughs> exactly. And to, to just show those people how idiotic they were. And yet, we see you now, and you are one of the best-dressed men in, in, in this part of the world, right? And uh, tell me what changed and why it's important, this sartorial splendor is important to you. Well, I mean, it's it's a numerous reasons. I mean, when I was a kid, actually, I was a big Groucho Marx fan and read this biography of him where he said, where they said in the biography, I should say, he never trusted a man who didn't dress well. And so I was like, oh, well, Groucho, I got to do that. So I kind of started getting into clothes then. And my mom got me like a subscription to GQ and all that stuff. And um, and then from there, it just kind of ballooned because I, I grew up in, you know, in the, you know, in the late 70s, I was in high school and that was really the disco era. So people were actually kind of dressing up. Um, and so I really embraced that. And then when I became, you know, got to be a director, you know, and a producer, I just decided I'm, I'm like in charge of the ship. You know, I'm the captain of the ship. And I don't like if the captain of the ship gets on wearing sweatpants, I'm going to get off the ship. And so, you know, it, it's my way of showing respect to the people I work with. But also, I just think I look better in in, in a suit and tie. <laughs> if I was standing here in a T-shirt, and, and you would be horrified. Trust me. It's all about tailoring, sir. All about tailoring. <laughs> um what was so enjoyable during the quarantine hour show that you were doing is I found that at the beginning, I mean, it was a long, long time in, in the barn here, you know? Yeah. And um, at the beginning, it was sort of adorable. Oh, there's Elvis Costello sitting on his bed playing a song or, you know, oh, look at that. Uh, you know, th this this famous movie star is, um, you know, wearing a tank top. Great. But... <laughs> At a certain point, I actually wanted my heroes and my stars and the people to be. I, Cary Grant wouldn't have done that, right? And I felt no. like I wanted to feel good again. 
it, you know, yeah. the same way I didn't want to have a, you know, a three day old beard and, and, and sweatpants, as you said, I wanted to try to feel better. And I feel like that was an important element of what you were doing there. Oh, thank you. know, I mean, that was one of my goals was like, like, let's present life like it's normal, even though everything was completely not normal. And one of the things I was stressed on the show is like, don't go through the day wearing the same clothes you slept in. <laughs> you know, if you're in your pajamas or sweats or whatever, and, you know, there's no demarcation of when the day began, when it ended. You feel terrible. I mean, I, I would just feel terrible, you know, anytime I, well, fortunately, I didn't do it. But, you know, if you just kind of never, I don't know, if you just didn't wake up and kind of start your day, keep some kind of a routine, you know, that kept me sane. And, and also doing the show, you know, that's one of the many reasons why I want to do the show. I wanted to raise money for, for you know, first responders and covert charities and all that. But also, you know, to have purpose and to give other people something to hopefully look forward to. So we were, that's why we were always at five o'clock every day, you know, 100 days in a row, never took a break. Um, we, we, we desperately needed a routine. And so dressing up was part of it. So, you know, um, one thing that I think is clear to people who are uh, appreciators of your work is um, for, for some reason, you are really one of the great directors in directing great uh, women. And we okay. think of people like Anna Kendrick with Blake Lively, Kristen Wiig, um, mm -hmm. and of course, Melissa McCarthy. And I'd like to try, I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, so I apologize, but what is it that you think makes you connect with these great women, these great actresses who uh, historically have not been treated quite the way they should be? Well, I, I just find them funny. I think they're so talented and so funny. I love telling women's stories. I mean, I grew up my whole life watching stories of men, you know, and it's fine. And some of my favorite movies are about, you know, male heroes. But, you know, I also knew so many women, you know, both you know, in my, in my personal life, just being friends with so many women over the course of my life. And then when I got to Hollywood, getting to know, you know, famous comedians or comedic actresses or, you know, just actors in general, and then seeing them having terrible roles, especially in comedy, where they were only in service of the male characters. And it just didn't kind of, you know, link up with, with you know, the, the, the women I knew and how funny they were and how talented they were. And so it just kind of worked out. I wanted to tell women's stories anyway. And then I could, uh, you know, create these, these opportunities for these three-dimensional female roles. And uh, I just love it. I mean, I don't want to do anything else with my career. I, it's, it's so much fun for me. There's, there was always this false idea, it was a cliche, it was a false idea that women aren't as funny as men, right? Because yeah. they didn't have the same models, you know? But none of it right. really makes much sense when you watch, I mean, someone like Kristen Wiig, for example. I think Kristen Wiig is famous. I know she's been in, what is that, Wonder Woman or whatever. But yeah. I believe Kristen Wiig is one of the great underappreciated talents in the universe. Can we, can we agree yeah. on this? Hundred percent. I mean, she her her DNA is just talent and and hilarity. So yeah, she's great. And but, music but all, and art. But all the women I work with are are really amazing in that way. And yeah, it's just I mean, this whole question of like, are women funny? Is so every time I am promoting a movie, all my cast has to like deal with that from these you know getting asked this question all the time. And and it's just it's such a non-starter because. 
it's only because maybe they haven't been given the opportunity to be funny or men just have this some issue. You know, there are guys who have an issue with it. You know, not all guys, clearly. But, you know, there's enough guys when you make a movie. You know, when I made my Ghostbusters movie, clearly, uh, you know, that blew up a lot of a lot of dudes out there. Um, you know, so but, you know, I, it, it, it's just, you know, it's lizard brain thinking and, and uh, hopefully we're pushing past it. Uh, but, you know, it, it still comes up. <laughs> Do, do you, um, so Ghostbusters, you brought it up, which is a, a film that was very unfairly savaged by some people. I don't know who, but people somewhere. Uh, and I'm wondering, is yeah. there uh, is there a chance of that film uh, being revived in some way? Will you ever get a crack at that film again? Do you regret at all what occurred in that in that situation? I mean, I watched that film and thought it was very funny and well, very well done. Hey, no, I love the movie. I love my cast, and I had a great time doing it. Um, you know, I, I truly doubt there's going to be another one. Uh, you know, of those, uh, which I find very sad, personally, just because I think it was such a funny team and they were so great. And, but yeah, no, I mean, now they're on. You know, uh, Jason Reitman did his his uh, movie, which was, you know, continuing the the first two films called Afterlife, and he did a great job. And now they're making another one. So, you know, that you know, I think it's fine. Uh, you know, it'd be nice if I, if our if our Ghostbusters showed up in some way, I mean, now with all this time travel and portals that go on in movies all the time, it could, you know, it could work. But, you know, that, it, that's not for me to decide anymore. I, I'm, I, I did my time in the Ghostbusters universe. I had a great time at it. I'm very proud of the film. I would do it again if, if given the opportunity. But, um, but no, I think uh, I'm, I'm leaving it to, to the next generation. Paul, you said something in, you wrote in this book, which I found very interesting just because, we don't really know each other, although I I feel like I know you. But you wrote this section where you uh, talked about sometimes being depressed and sometimes walking across London. And mm -hmm. I, I'd love to understand, first of all, why did you decide to put that in a book? And two, uh, tell me how that relates to the idea of of this book and the 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 celebration of you know drinks and. Uh, dressing up and having friends over. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess I put it in a because I was just trying to find find stories that kind of related to each drink, and then the drink it was for, I think it was for the fine and dandy, I believe it was. No, the it was the gloom lifter, uh, and so I was just, you know, I've had problems with with depression in the past, you know, like a lot of people do, nothing clinical, but you know, it would get me a lot, and. Um, and I'd read something in a, in a paper once that Charles Dickens kind of suffered from this and he would solve it by just walking from one side of London to the other. And that's, you know, years ago I read that and I started walking every day. I do a four mile walk every morning and it just helps me. And, you know, when I start to feel anything, I'll just walk around. That's why I love being in New York, obviously, because it's, it's so great for, for walking around that way. And same thing with London, LA, you could usually get in your car and drive somewhere where you can walk. But um, no, I, 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 you know, I want this book to, you know, look, there's a million cocktail books out there, and I'm clearly not a cocktail, you know, expert. I know I like what I like, but I wanted to make it fun again because a lot of cocktail books, and I collect them, they're great. They're very technical. They're very intimidating. You need a ton of gear and all this stuff to kind of do a lot of the, you know, the fancy drinks in it. And I just want to make cocktails fun again, because again, it's not so much about the cocktail. It's about what the cocktail represents, which is this sort of adult, grown-up, fun part of your life. You know, being an adult is a lot of work and a lot of it's not fun, obviously. So we need to embrace these kind of fun times that we can have as adults and not try to 
be teenagers. You know, that's why I see so many guys like my age, you know, I'm 60 now, but you know, any, any guy who gets into his thirties, forties, fifties for a long time is this thing of like, they wanted to be kind of be teenagers and not age. And I, and I go like, it's so much fun to be an adult or it can be. So take advantage of those fun adult times and do it the right way. I love, um, my father, you know, has been, he, he loves a glass of wine and, um, mm. He takes the, the the wine and he pours it into the glass. And you, you reference this wonderful scene in the office in the, in, that you directed where Dwight pours it into the glass. He t- pours it to the tip of that glass. And uh, it's like you can barely walk it back without worrying about whether it's going to spill or not. Kind of like I have my coffee. And I love that there's a diagram in your book showing us exactly what each level should be. This is too, too low. This is just mm-hmm. right. And this is too high. Um, Paul, look. This uh, really cheered me up. I enjoyed reading it. Um, and uh, I just like if if on a simple favor, too, if you need a, a corpse or a uh, <laughs> like a seedy reporter uh, or Marvin Hagler, you know, uh, just look, I'm here and uh, and, and I'll, I'll go anywhere and I'll just close my eyes and, and play dead. But uh, what an honor to talk with you and, and experience this and uh, really good luck with the book. Oh, thank you, Jeff. You're the best. And you've always been so supportive of me and I appreciate it. And, and you, everything you do is great. So thank you, sir. All right. I can now uh, disassemble the bar, folks, uh, and leave my, uh, my hostage uh, area. And uh, Paul, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.